it goes back to, I think, the mission of, of serving. So those that are in the restaurant world have, have kind of this big heart towards serving their community. And those that pivoted and thought, what can I do for my community? And I think those are the ones that are, are doing great things in this world. And hopefully, you know, they'll rise and come from this and their community will embrace them even further. Hey, it's Michael at Certified Angus Beef, and I'm on the road with Dane, WGN. Seven twenty, WGN high atop Chicago in the Skyline Studio. Damia here with you, and on the line, we've got uh, one of the leading voices in meat, and part of uh, one of the true driving forces of flavor grading education and outreach that is certified Angus Beef. It is the one and only senior corporate chef, Michael Olier. Michael, welcome to WGN. Dane, it's an honor to be here. Well, I was going to say, because sometimes people say, hey, it's great to be here. It's great to have you. Well, it's great to have you. We're honored to have you in this as well, especially when the bat signals out this time of year. It is kind of heading into some of the prime, uh, you know, summer grilling season, some of those great holidays people look for. And so let the listeners know we're going to get some tips. I don't want to say tricks. You know, we're going to get some uh, tricks of the trade from Chef Michael in a little bit. But before we get to that, this is a logo that people know. They know for quality. They've seen it. But maybe they're uh, maybe they don't know exactly, you know, what it all means means and what it means in a bunch of different ways, whether it's the, the farms, the chefs, the restaurants, the industry. So certified Angus beef, give us sort of that thumbnail on what it is you guys do. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for the opportunity. Certified Angus beef is, is the longest standing branded beef program. So we are the G1 schedule. So on the USDA grading scale, we're the first variants to the, the select choice and prime that, uh, Everyone is, might be familiar with, but the first variance to that, meaning we go additional specifications to meet our brand. So started in 1978 by ranchers. We are owned by the American Angus Association. A lot of people don't know that really our mission is to drive demand for a quality product. And the result is success for the ranchers raising quality. That's the, the kind of the quick skinny on it, yeah. um, the, the first. But what does it mean when you go to the meat case, I think, is, is really where the rubber meets the road. What's it, what, what distinguishes us from other meat that's, that's next to it, perhaps, when you go to the store? Um, in a word, it's, it's marbling. So most people understand that in the USDA grading scale that Select has some marbling, Choice has more, and Prime even more. We, we live in that upper choice in marbling. The upper third, upper two thirds of choice, I should say, and into prime. Uh, but we take it a lot further than just the USDA grading of of marbling. We go in uh, a lot more specs so that it addresses tenderness and uh, juiciness and flavor. <laughs> Guaranteed quality each time, consistent quality each time. Well, I wanted to mention too is that I saw, I read somewhere. It may have been the website, may have been some of the publications that. And that's that's the language that people do understand. You know, they know that they're going to go, they're going to get choice. If they want to go that extra mile, they're going to get prime when they can find it. But certified Angus beef is there's nine additional levels of whether it's the grading or specifications that you guys have. I don't even know how you do nine more. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a grader on the line. So it's not certified Angus beef sitting there saying, yeah, we like this one. No, not that one. It's actually a a contracted USDA grader on the line in a packing plant that makes the call. So they have to take our specifications and address the carcass and, and decide and evaluate to see whether it meet our, our standards and then give it the mark. Um, so that's how it works. It's not us. It's a third party. 
yeah. that, uh, that verifies those 10 specs. And some of them are, are pretty important, like maturity. So we, we only accept A maturity because we know scientifically that the younger, the A maturity cattle are more tender, period. So uh, Prime, for example, accepts B maturity cattle. So you can have a tougher eating experience in USDA Prime. So you have the Angus ranchers, they're in there, you know, they've got all of that know-how on, on what makes it great, what makes it the best, what makes it the, you know, kind of the optimum eating, cooking, grilling experience for you, whether it's at home or whether it is at the restaurants. But part of what it is that you guys do is the education side. And you can have people that are successful restaurateurs or acclaimed and accomplished chefs, and they still feel like, which is very cool. I've seen some of the pictures where, you know, at the meat lab and uh, at the culinary centers, you'll have some of the who's who in business. You don't think that there's anything more that they can learn, but they come there and you get them up to speed on the latest things, tips, trends, and all the things going on with beef. Yeah, that's a good point. We we do host kind of the who's who, and and you know in the barbecue circuit, if we're we're kind of barbecue guys, right? You and I have met in the barbecue circle, and in that discussion, we've had some of the the who's who for sure. I'm thinking like both know Chris Lilly, I think Mike and Amy Mills, um, the Himes, the Blacks, uh, John Stage, Dinosaur Barbecue, DBQ. Yes. I'm thinking. I can keep listing them down, but Fox Brothers and, and also the Operation Barbecue Relief folks, too. But to your point about what we do in education, we can talk about that a little bit. We have a space called our Culinary Center. And the idea is it's a business-to-business relationship. So those that are working in certified Angus beef world, if you're a restaurant owner, you're a chef, you're a just food service distributor working in distribution of certified Angus beef, anyone. So it's a B2B business-to-business relationship. We host people and we give them kind of the part of the brain that they kind of need for greater success in what they do specifically. And that ranges from the the full gamut of those that are raising the animals. We work with the cow-calf operators. We work with seed stock operators and we have experts in each of those categories. But it goes all the way down the line to working with someone who's then cooking that product that took two years in the making to get into their hands at the back door of the greatest barbecue joints in the country. So once it arrives there, there's a huge story that, that, that is to tell that a lot of people don't know. And so part of their coming here is telling that story so that they can have that part of what they imagine is happening when they get that brisket to them and what they imagine. We, get, we fill those with facts. We fill that space with facts and then we educate on opportunities beyond just cuts they're familiar with let's face it they are the experts in what they do with that brisket or those plate short ribs but we give alternative ideas on what they could do and maybe smoking something else that's in that animal there there are a lot of cuts that we could be smoking and doing barbecue techniques with beyond just briskets and short ribs yeah, some of the the who's who. It's really great. You know, it's, I think it's an honor for them to be involved with it. It's an honor for you guys to host them. I just think it's it's really cool to have that level of of kind of barbecue brain trust in on some of the stuff. And so, do you find that you know some of the suggestions? Certainly, the knowledge goes in there, and maybe some of the techniques and backstory that I think is important for diners these days. But do you find that some of the suggestions that you have in the meat lab, right? The the R and D, you guys are there on the science side of it, kind of figuring things out, ends up not only on the menus but on the plates at some of those great restaurants oh absolutely they play through so if we're hosting this barbecue group for example they don't often get the opportunity to just press pause on their business and say okay let's let's do some educational let's focus and be shoulder to shoulder usually if they're shoulder to shoulder with their barbecue buddies it's at an event that they might be cooking for right 
they might be in a competition or they might be you know, at a large food and wine festival and they're, they're cooking and they're shoulder to shoulder, but they don't get to press pause on that business often and say, okay, let's dive deep into, let's do a grind session where we, we take different subprimals and do it in a grinding session, put the perfect subprimal burger concoction together, or we'll put it into a sausage and we'll say, okay, if we grind this subprimal on this, we could have the perfect balance of lean to fat for your beef sausage that you do at your barbecue joint. It could be dry aging. It could be charcuterie. It could be whatever is relevant to what is important to them in their world. We're constantly thinking of how we can serve them and meet their needs where they are. When you think about some of the things that you mentioned as far as how we got together, how we ended up meeting, it was part of, there's only so much we can share, obviously, but as part of a barbecue competition, the first ever Barbecue Fight Club, which brought six world-class teams together in an undisclosed location, six certified judges on the KCBS side, and, and a competition that had never happened before in that format. So it was exciting to have you there. It was exciting to have you as a judge as part of it, and it dovetailed with some of the sort of higher purpose for what it is that we were doing with Operation Barbecue really been a longtime supporter of them. I remember covering them back I don't know they were only maybe a year or two out of out of just the creation the genesis of the whole thing and it was so cool to see an organization like you said as storied and is and is kind of old and with that legacy that you guys have on board with them kind of hand in hand helping to kind of take things that they've got programs that they've got kind of amp them up build in and extend that outreach with operation barbecue relief so true and operation barbecue relief has been an organization that has as i've been intentionally thinking okay how certified has beef gotten to the barbecue world we've always really been there it's just that we've been more intentionally working with those that are using our product so i just took uh i you know, years ago, took spreadsheets of data saying, okay, let's just follow the pounds. Who's buying this many briskets? What are they doing with it? And how are they being successful? And then taking those lists, like, a lot of these people could be great messengers for our brand. It could be brand ambassadors per se. And so then getting more involved in the barbecue circuit, I'd always be running into Operation Barbecue Relief and just had an affinity toward their their mission of serving and always in the back of my head thinking, what can our brand do to be aligned with them? Let's, we are a nonprofit. We just can't write the big sponsorship checks like other brands out there can do. But we, we know that we offer a lot of value in our education component. And so we thought we found a sweet spot. And we did. We found a sweet spot finally in working with them starting last year in they're always serving project. Under that umbrella, they have Barbecue Basics. And so in Barbecue Basics, Certified Angus Beef supplies the beef component to that education part of that two-day session that they do. Uh, that's generate, it's, it's geared toward first responders. It's geared toward um, those that are serving in the community, you know, firefighters, fire departments, police departments, et cetera. And it's and, or veterans. It's just a great organ. It's a great opportunity to interact with these people that are intrinsic in their community. Also, just beyond the product support, it's an educational component that we offer. So we help create the curriculum. When they talked about beef, they, coming from an an expert role, they can now talk with authority on the science behind kind of the sizzle they do for Barbecue Basics. That's how we got connected with them. And now through that relationship, we're working in 2020 with all of those events kind of being sidelined, like so many people, those events sidelined. We were still... It earmarked those dollars, and we still wanted to commit that to Operation Barbecue Relief. So we had the great opportunity, thanks to you and and Ray Lampy, actually, Dr. Barbecue, who put my name in the ring for the judging. 
were able to support the Fight Club event that we did and all of the funds then that would be generated for the judges that would specifically go into my share, I'm going all to Operation Barbecue Relief. And then in addition to that, we've got a, an initiative on our Facebook channel at Certified Angus Beef. On our Facebook channel, we're doing a, a fundraiser specifically where we will match every dollar people commit to for the next week or so uh, up to $15,000. So we potentially can raise another $30,000 for Operation Barbecue. Relief. Yeah, uh, it's, it's great to see great things happen and support people doing things, even if it's in sort of the universe in which we all kind of kind of work and operate, whether it's food, whether it's barbecue and some of those things. But you're seeing just opportunities come out of this. I'm not going to say it's silver lining because there's so much, so many challenges out there with everything that's happening. But so Operation Barbecue Relief and let the listeners know, you know, what they do in a time of disaster is they mobilize in barbecue. The, the nature of the entire thing, the psyche of the barbecue world is just uniquely positioned and capable to be able to be mobile and transport and kind of give those meals to those people that are um, that are suffering in those times of need. And, and so for them to be able to do that is one thing, and to be able to support them I think is important. But when this whole thing happened with the pandemic and just the way that it's hit the restaurant business, many of the people involved are, are restaurateurs or involved in the restaurant business, for them to kind of pivot in a way that comes to support the restaurant community and support restaurant workers and also food banks in general, not necessarily disasters, but food banks and some of those things has been really exciting to see. And then to see you guys supporting them anyway because of all the great things that they do, but have it sort of dovetail with opportunity to be able to highlight some of the ways that they're getting involved in helping even now has been pretty exciting. I agree. And I think pivot is a key word that you mentioned. Those that are in the restaurant world have been forced more than many segments in this country and business-wise to pivot or die. And it's it's been it's been brutal. We, we have kind of inside scoop on, on what it's like in the restaurant world it's, as we work with so many food service distributors that had to think about how they divert inventory toward all the grocery stores where people are just, you know, can't keep meat on the shelves because there's such high demand. And so there was a commitment toward redirecting that um, inventory, but it's the restaurants that suffered so much. And for Operation Barbecue Relief to pivot, as you said, and put efforts toward the crisis at hand, meaning instead of a natural disaster, they went right to the crisis and, and help people. It, it goes back to, I think, the mission of, of serving. So those that are in the restaurant world have, have kind of this big heart towards serving their community. Yep. And those that pivoted and thought, what can I do for my community instead of what can I do for myself? I think those are the ones that are, are doing great things in this world. And hopefully, you know, they'll rise and come from this and greater and their community will embrace them even further. Um, so hopefully good will come to this to your point. Oh, just to help raise awareness. Some of the stuff that we're kind of, you know, in too close, it's the forest and the trees kind of thing that we think, hey, everybody knows about this. But the further you get out, you realize as much as it may, we may be immersed in, a, in this. There's a greater world out there that may not be even with CNN heroes and all the kind of things that Stan and the guys have uh, have kind of achieved, at least on the awareness front. You know, there's still a lot of people that aren't aware. And as they kind of redefine what it is they can do and 
and B, along with the support of Certified Angus Beef, it's going to be exciting to see you know how many more people can get involved. And of course, for uh, Barbecue Fight Club, we've got an opportunity for people to get in there, get to see the exclusive content, the behind scenes of this amazing competition covered in a way that has never been seen before, and then also raise dollars for OBR, raise awareness for Certified Angus Beef and their support of it. And we'll all kind of intertwine that and share that on social media. And we've got some traditional media that we'll do as well. So when it comes to this time of year, sometimes the best restaurant, we say this oftentimes here, is is your own kitchen or your own backyard. And when it's summer grilling, people are thinking about some of the, the ways that they can get out there and enjoy. And when you think of people like a Chris Lilly or Mike and Amy Mills or, or John Stage from Dinosaur Barbecue, some of these kind of heroes that we have in the barbecue world, that they come to you for insight, advice, and inspiration, it's great. So what what would you suggest? And meat prices have gone up a little bit. It's just the nature of what's going on. Are there some cuts out there that you think deserve maybe a little more attention if they're available? Or maybe some maybe takes on some of the tried and true standards we know and love? Yeah, I I think that it's a it's a combination. It's being nimble. I think as as consumers, as grocery shoppers, it's being a little more flexible when we go to shop. And I think we've been forced to do that, right? Where it's a whole different environment yeah. when we go to shop now. Um, one of our roles is to actually give success opportunities for those that are using the product, meaning not just the restaurateurs, not just the, as I mentioned, all the segments, but the person buying it at the grocery store. So my role is really the connection to the consumer more than anything. So I oversee our recipe development and oversee on our food photography side and making things look enticing for the consumer. So I'll represent the brand I like TV spots and do things like that. And and it is just giving the tips, like giving these little nuggets of knowledge that they kind of insider scoop information for someone buying that hunk of beef. Um, real good takeaways right now is, okay, if your go-to is a ribeye and you think, oh my gosh, those are a little bit high, but I see the strip steak looks at a reasonable price, then go for the strip. It's actually the same muscle complex, but it doesn't have the, the fat components, the, the fat between the lean that, that people kind of are aversion to in the kernel fat, et cetera. Um, opportunities like you might, you might know that a flat iron is it's already wrapped and it comes vacuum sealed. Typically a flat iron, for example, is the second most tender cut. So if you like filet mignon, you're a tender steak only person like, Hey, Maybe I'll try this flat iron because it's got the tenderness I'm looking for, but actually has a little more bang of flavor than the tenderloin. Probably half the price. So look for those opportunity buys and, and specials. And then we have so many resources on our website at certifiedangusbeef.com where you can look up recipes. You can look up video techniques on how to cook something you may not have been familiar with. We're here to help you when you buy that cut so that you'll go back and you'll think, hmm, that worked now, are you as a less is more guy on the on the spices and seasoning? Just the people that you have the opportunity to interact with, they've all got you know their own brand of spices and rubs in their pocket. They're probably handing it to you, saying, "Michael, check this out." Do you have stuff that you that you like to do as far as whether it's the marinating or, or the seasoning or things to do to the meat before it gets on the grill? Yeah, depending on the cut. But honestly, if you've got quality, I'm not looking to mask that with with banging flavor of rubs instead i'd like it to come from the beef and, and beef speak for it kind of a purist in that regard so i'm a coarse kosher salt fresh cracked pepper guy on virtually all cuts and you know there's times where you're looking for something a little different you know if i'm doing tacos and you know throwing some skirt steaks on i'm gonna put something different on or if i'm marinating something like a flank or or something that does need marinating i'm gonna add some flavor to it while i'm doing it but 
generally I'm a salt and pepper guy. So that's that's my go-to. Of course, kosher. If it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let the uh, listeners know we're talking with Chef Michael Olia. He's a senior corporate chef over at Certified Angus Beef to talk a little bit about some of the programs that they're doing, some of the outreach initiatives and support for our good friends over at Operation Barbecue Relief and a couple tips on uh, on things that you can do, whether it's different cuts of meat or some things that you should try and go ahead and kind of make your Father's Day, your 4th of July, your grilling on the meat side. So on the equipment side, now this is something where you don't have to be diplomatic and just say, we just love the flavor of the meat and we just want salt and pepper. What, what do you have? And know that this is for, and it's not for journalistic purposes, that's the kind of thing that I would say, but do you have like a pretty Pretty cool setup on grills. Do you keep it simple? Do you just just have a, like a Weber kettle, or or what do you have in the backyard at the at the Olier home? Yeah, I mean at the at the culinary center here, we've got pretty much all the arsenal you can think of. We've got a Southern Pride that's on you know, portable. We've got nice. all kinds of grills, pretty much the whole fleet of Webers you can imagine. So from the the kettle on up to the summit, so that we can do testing on on gas grill and charcoal grill in my own backyard. I'm a, I'm a, again kind of the purest guy, so I've got the Weber Performer, which would be the that has the platform attached to it it's very practical uh, i like that it has kind of the gas assist to get your chimney starter going get your coal i can just use judicious amount of gas just to get things going but then i'm a coals guy and i usually throw some wood chunks on top of the coals that's kind of my go-to also have you know the ceramic cookers so i've got a big green egg that um I'll, I'll use that for smoking purposes at home so i can offset things and have things go low and slow in the in the ceramic cooker for a long time so but pretty much the whole fleet of weber's i've got i, I started like most barbecue guys on the is it the smoky mountain yes it's right. called the wsm <laughs> i mean that was my learning tool you know i have two briskets on and hope for the best and it worked pretty well so the, start somewhere the, and I, I still have it so. the barbecue fight club that's where you know bill gillespie from smoking hawks two-time he's world champion won the jack he's won the american royal that he swears by it. i think he wrote a book all about working off of the the smoky mountain and you mentioned it yes it is the it is the way that people start but it is also the way that people finish too you can still win competitions you know with that and people do it on a regular basis out there in the world so as we let you go give um information for i know we've got a couple different things going on so as far as people can get either recipes for your average consumer your listener that's hearing this and wants to get some tips and some recipes and then for those restaurant tours that are hearing this or or pit masters that may want to get in on some of the education side where can they go absolutely you can hit us up at certifyingusbeef.com and we've got resources for those in the food service world but also if you're just interested in looking at the recipes and video techniques we've got them for you there also looking for where to buy in your location at a grocery store near you you can can a zip code and it'll tell you the, the stores near you whether it's a a butcher shop or whether it's a uh, stores near you keep your eyes peeled on social media for uh, all of those ways that you guys are raising awareness and funds for operation barbecue relief we'll do the same and link it up and hopefully people can get in there see some of that fun fight club experience and also uh, support obr at the same time so michael we'll let you get back to it we know that you're uh, recipe developing you're you're working on the r&d you're doing all that kind of stuff over there at certified angus beef we'll let you get back to it but thanks for jumping on the show today Dane, it's been an honor. Really appreciate it.